everything, everything, everything gonna be all right this morning. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. LSU finally got to play their game. Were you up listening to the game? Did you know that they actually finished the game? Because I didn't. It didn't get done until after midnight. But the Tigers get their game in finally. And they begin SEC tournament play. With a 11-6 victory over the Kentucky Wildcats. They move on in the winner's bracket. And they'll take on top-seeded Tennessee. Volunteers, Tigers, in a game that is to be determined. But roughly, we're looking at 8.30 to 9 o'clock tonight. That LSU will be back in action there at the SEC Tournament. But they got the games rolling. Woo! Good morning. Welcome to RP3 and Company on this lovely Friday morning. Final Friday of May. Memorial Day weekend has arrived. We got a lot to get to, lots to cover this morning. LSU, McNeese, Cajuns. Acadiana Cane Cutters, NBA Playoffs, Houston Astros. We're going to get to it all, not to worry. Good morning. I'm your host, the big, bald, and beautiful one, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Of course, I'm joined in the studio by the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names. We got a few guests lined up for you today on this Friday edition of our show. The Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer, the man behind the ESPN Plus broadcast, the play-by-play specialist for the Raging Cajuns, Dan McDonald, will join us to help us preview the Cajuns finally getting to play a game this afternoon at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament over in Montgomery. We'll also be talking with Nick Fondo at 8.15 this morning. Going to talk a little bets for the weekend. USFL, NHL, NBA, and more. Cashing tickets with Nick Fondo at 8.15 this morning. And then at 8.30, Richard Nunnally with the Acadiana Cane Cutters will join us. They start their season next week already. It's already here. We'll break that all down, talk about that with Richard. He'll be joining us live in the studio this morning at 8.30. So we got three guests lined up for you, but on the back half of the program like normal. So, of course, we'd love to hear from you. Game hotline is always open. 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. But we're going to start off today talking LSU. Tigers get it done. 11-6. Over Kentucky, the 12 seed. 
Did not start that game until 940. Woof. Woof. But they got their game in. And now the SEC tournament is up and rolling. Now they're still behind the eight ball a little bit here. Schedule has been readjusted yet again. They're going to play four games or try to play four games today. Today is not going to be an issue with the weather. The weather cleared up yesterday afternoon around 3 o'clock, 2 to 3 o'clock over in Hoover. And that storm system that had been impacting the SEC and the Sun Belt Tournament and even a little bit the SWAC Tournament finally went through the area. They're supposed to have clean skies, clear skies, clean conditions, good conditions for baseball. That's all good. But now they have to make up time and hope none of these games go late. They're playing four games today. Loser bracket game starts it off this morning in Hoover, Arkansas versus Florida. Then the second elimination, double elimination game will be between Vanderbilt and Kentucky. So we'll have two teams bounced out of the SEC tournament by 4.30 this afternoon. Because at 4.30, it's going to be Alabama, a surprise team in the winner's bracket, versus the two-seed Texas A&M. And then following that, 30 minutes after that game is wrapped up, it'll be number one ranked Tennessee versus number four-seeded LSU. the fourth game of four which means you hope that maybe some of those early elimination games get done early but there's no guarantee so it could be a late night once again for the Tigers and then it's going to be an absolute monster Saturday because they have to make up all the time so not only are they going to play four games today over in Hoover they're going to be forced to play four games on Saturday, too. There's no way around it because they decided to keep the double elimination format. So you're going to go through some elimination games, then you're going to go through your semis on Saturday, and then you'll have the championship game at 1 o'clock on Sunday. It's a lot. It's a lot of baseball to get in. Thankfully, though, the weather is going to be nice the rest of the way. As for the game itself, look, it was a struggle a little bit early on. Kentucky jumped out to that early lead with that two-run home run, and you're like, oh, woof. But the Tigers stayed the course. Hilliard threw a ton of pitches early in this game, and you're like, man, is he not going to be able to get out of like the third or fourth inning? But... They settled down. And freshman left fielder Josh Pearson had a monstrous game. Five for five at the dish with a home run and three ribbies as LSU was able to get the 11-6 win over Kentucky. And they also got to win number 18 in SEC play. Win number 18 in SEC play. And I said it earlier in the week. They win one game at... The SEC tournament, I think that does it. I, I just I just do. I, I think that does it. I think that locks up a regional spot for them. 
they're not going to lose anything by losing to t- Tennessee tonight. If they lose to the top-seeded team in the tournament, oh, and by the way, the top-ranked team in the country, that's not going to hurt them. Just not. They get to 18 wins. I think that's enough. But that's my thought process on that. Pearson on Thursday night became the first LSU player to record five hits in an SEC tournament game. Yeah, that's a big deal. First LSU player to record five hits in an SEC tournament game. Ridiculous. His five hits were three uh, uh, signals, singles, one double, and that two-run jack. Tyler McManus, who's really developed over the course of the year. He had some early season struggles. And shortstop Jordan Thompson each posted three RBIs in the victory. Thompson was able to overcome an early error that he committed in this ballgame. And Hilliard, even though he had a rough go of it to begin the game, he was able to pick up the win working six innings and limiting the Wildcats to two runs on four hits with two walks and six strikeouts. And look, once again, Wildcats jumped out early. 2-0 lead there in the top of the second when their designated hitter singled and scored. And then catcher Devin Burks launched his second home run of the season. And you started feeling the tension a little bit, and then Hilliard was struggling. But he settled down nicely, kind of cruised the rest of the way that he was in the ball game. And then LSU seized the lead. They scored three runs in the bottom of the third. Trey Morgan provided that bases-loaded RBI ground out, and McManus smashed a two-run double off the left-field wall. And they were up and rolling. As soon as that happened there in the third, they, they took the lead, and they never looked back. And Hilliard settled down, and LSU was on its way. Added to their lead, made it 6-2 there in the fourth. When Cruz and Pearson delivered run-scoring uh, singles and Thompson provided a run-scoring sack bunt. And then they added three more runs in the sixth. So, LSU wins. And that's all that really matters. They finally got to play their game. After being delayed, I do believe, six times but they finally get their game in. And here they sit, and I feel they sit there with just kind of house money. They're at 18 wins now. Even if they lose tonight to Tennessee, they're good. I I just think they're good. Because they're going to get another opportunity to play in another game. It would be an elimination game. The way this team can play to its potential, that could be a win. Heck, they could win tonight. And then I'm, yeah, look, they, they win tonight against Tennessee. Go ahead and make your, you know, hotel accommodations and your restaurant plans because they're going to be hosting. I think they're going to be hosting no matter what. 18 wins in SEC play is a lot. It just is. So, but LSU gets their game in and more importantly, they get the win. They have to face Tennessee tonight. Obviously, the number one team in the country. Huge challenge. But 
LSU the way they hit the ball, we'll have a chance. Do I think Tennessee's a better team than LSU? Yes. Do weird things happen in Hoover? Yes. Would it stun me if LSU beat Tennessee tonight? Nope. It wouldn't. Because you never do know which LSU team's going to show up. The one that shows up against Vanderbilt and you go, hey, that looks like they, they may be one of the best teams in the country. Or the team that shows up against Ole Miss. That's just how this team is built. It's just how they're constructed. First year under Jay Johnson. But it looks like to me they're going to be hosting an NCAA regional. Get the win last night over the Wildcats of Kentucky. As the SEC was able to get at least three games. They got three games in yesterday. But now the weather's passed. So now they're going to play four tonight, four on Saturday, and then obviously the championship game on Sunday. Whoever makes it to the championship game, it's a brutal stretch. It's a brutal stretch. Even if you go through the way of being in the winner's bracket, you win tonight, and then you win a game on Saturday, and then you make it, okay, That's you're still playing. There's still a lot of games. If you have to come through the loser's bracket, that's even worse to get to the championship round. But here you are. Once again, the lineup for today at the SEC tournament. Arkansas versus Florida, 9.30 this morning. That is an elimination game. Surprising elimination game, especially for Arkansas. Second elimination game will start 30 minutes after that one is completed. That's going to be Vanderbilt versus Kentucky. Sure does feel like Vandy needs a win there. Then your winner's bracket will begin this afternoon at 4.30 with surprising Alabama, the 11 seed, taking on two seed Texas A&M in a winner's bracket game. And then Tennessee versus LSU, one versus four seed. That's your nightcap. It will be late once again. It will not get done probably until after midnight. And here's the thing. If LSU loses tonight, this this is what's going to be the challenge. If LSU loses tonight, and they're not going to get their game done until after midnight, more than likely, then they would have to turn around because they would be the losers. They would have to turn around and play like around 11 o'clock, like around 11, 30, 12 o'clock. <laughs> so... It's not as bad as having to play the first game of the day on Saturday, but then you're having to turn around. And then if you win that game, you have to play late on Saturday night. So obviously the most optimal path for LSU would be to beat Tennessee tonight because then you wouldn't play until the late night game on Saturday. Winner stays up that you won't want to see. So if LSU wins tonight in the late game against Tennessee, they'll play in the late semifinal 
if you will, on Saturday night. If they lose, that makes things a little bit more difficult. Because if they lose, then they'll have to play twice on Saturday. So that would be slightly uh, that'd be slightly difficult for them. So yeah, if LSU loses tonight, they'll have to play an elimination game around midday on Saturday. And then if they win that game, they would have to play, guess what? Tennessee again, Saturday night. So we'll see what happens. But SEC tournament is up and running. Four games today. LSU is your late game. Going to be starting somewhere between 8.30. 8 to 9 o'clock is the best way I can describe that. Tigers will be taking on the Volunteers sometime between 8 and 9 o'clock tonight. We'll have the game right here live for you on the game. You're home for LSU Athletics. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Uh, the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville. Check it out. Richard Seafood Patio has some of the best boiled crawfish, but also serves up boiled shrimp, crabs, fried and grilled seafood, pull boys, and a seafood buffet. Watch out now. Go sign up right now for the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to score a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio. But once again, you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville by signing up for our clubhouse. Go to 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. Click on the Clubhouse Rewards tab. Sign up today. It's free to do so. Woo. Good stuff, man. That makes me hungry. It's early in the morning for me to be this hungry. Hungry. LSU winner. Overcomes the early 2-0 deficit to easily defeat the Kentucky Wildcats in their first action of the SEC tournament, which had been delayed over and over again due to the severe thunderstorms in that portion of Alabama. Now, they get to move on. I say now that they got to 18 wins, they're locked up for regional. They're not going to lose any... any you know, standing with the committee by losing to the number one team in the country, if that is what happens tonight. Once again, LSU could beat the Volunteers tonight in the one-seed, four-seed matchup winner's bracket game. Or they could lose. Either way, I think they're good. I think they're good, and I think they're going to be hosting an NCAA regional. It'll be interesting to see what happens tonight with Tennessee and LSU. Look, Tennessee has been the best team in the SEC all season long. They've been the best team in the country for a good portion of the year. And just like LSU teed off on Vanderbilt's pitching in that three-game series in Nashville last weekend, 
That's exactly what Tennessee did. They just whooped up on Vandy 10-1. to Commodores are having what I would say a not vintage Commodore year, so to speak. 10-1. to These games were not close yesterday for the most part either, by the way. A&M beats Florida and only needs seven innings. They mercy rule Florida 10 to nothing. That started off everything. You're like, hey, that game went by quick. LSU's going to play today. Then Tennessee beats Vanderbilt 10 to 1, and then LSU has to come back 11 and beats Kentucky 11 to 6. All three winners scored in double digits. It's an interesting little day. Will the big bats still be out today for the lineup there in Hoover? We'll find out. But while the SEC tournament got ramped back up in a big way, the Sun Belt tournament took the day off, and they'll be playing today. Once again, they made the decision to go from double elimination to single elimination. They'll play four games today over in Montgomery. Then they'll play their semifinal games on Saturday, championship round on Sunday. Not everyone's thrilled about this. I know. Not everyone likes the format or the decision by the coaches and by the committee to do this. I feel like it was the right decision to do it. It was better to be proactive than to sit there and be twiddling your thumbs in case that storm system lasted longer and was a little bit more severe yesterday than what it actually was. Plus, I'm not a huge fan of double elimination. That's just me. That's just my own personal opinion. Not a fan of double elimination. I get it. It's part of college baseball. I get it. All right, but yeah, I'd rather it not be there. <laughs> That's just me. Today, though, Sunbelt will get busy on the diamond. They have their four games. It's going to start off with six-seeded Troy taking on three-seed Coastal Carolina. Coastal Carolina is sneaky good, by the way. We haven't talked enough about the Chanticleers, but they really tend to turn their season around and They've been playing good baseball, and so much so that they got all the way up to the three seed. So Troy versus Coastal Carolina is going to start things off at 9 o'clock. So right when we're going off the air today will be the first game. We'll start there at the Sunbelt Conference Tournament for today. Then that'll be followed by App State versus Georgia Southern. App State, the nine seed, kind of a surprising team here in the quarters, taking on Georgia Southern, the two seed. That'll be at 1230. Then at 4 o'clock this afternoon, South Alabama will be taking on the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. The arch rivals will face off on the diamond there in Montgomery. That could be the best game of the day. Just being honest, that could absolutely be the best game of the day. And then your nightcap is ULM, who got out of the single elimination portion of the tournament as well. They're the 10 seed. They're taking on the top seed, Texas State. So single elimination means win and advance. And I personally just like the single elimination format better because it causes more drama. I like when the stakes are higher. It, it, it feels more like the NCAA basketball tournament where there's no room for error, right? You have to be on. You have to be locked in. 
have what Billy Napier used to call laser focus. That's what you have to have. I like that. I like that part of it. I just do. So Sunbelt will get back to work today over in Montgomery. Four games on tap there for the Sunbelt quarterfinals. Once again, Louisiana will be taking on South Alabama. Cajuns, Jaguars, Tussle scheduled for 4 o'clock. That's probably going to be the best game of the day if I had to guess. SEC up and running now in Hoover. They have a jam-packed schedule of four games today. Once again, LSU will be the nightcap, the final game of the day when they take on top-ranked Tennessee. That game will start somewhere between 8 and 9 o'clock. The way this week has gone, that's the best I can give you. I'm just being honest. Defending SWAC champion, though, Southern University, guess what? They won yesterday as well. SWAC tournament has not been as impacted as much by the weather there in Alabama, even though they did have some delays and it kind of had to make them reshuffle their conference tournament up in Birmingham. They're at Regents Field. But the defending SWAC champions who went on that magical run last year, beating undefeated Jackson State, to win the championship in dramatic fashion, they hit a home run in the top of the ninth in that ballgame to win the conference tournament and punch their ticket to an NCAA regional. Well, they beat Jackson State yesterday 8-7. A heck of a ball game there at the SWAC tournament. And the Jaguars move on and will play Florida A&M this morning up in Birmingham. So Southern is playing this morning over in Birmingham. LSU's playing tonight in Hoover, and the Louisiana Raging Cajuns are playing this afternoon in Montgomery. Lots of Louisiana flavor over in Alabama. And speaking of Louisiana flavor, what's more fun, more thrilling than winning in walk-off fashion? It's exactly what McNeese did last night to open up the Southland Conference Championship Series. We'll recap it coming up next. We'll hear from Coach Hill and the hero of the night, Mr. Walkoff himself. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. RP3 grew up dreaming of one day playing right field for the Atlanta Braves, just like his hero, Dale Murphy. I wanted to grow up and be Dale Murphy. Little Raymond, though, wasn't quite the caliber of athlete of his childhood hero as his lone highlights as a ball player were being beamed twice in the head. That actually explains a lot. Back to more RP3 and company on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Lafayette Marble and Granite is the South's largest cultured marble factory, and they pride themselves on earning your business. LMG provides more than show-stopping marble countertops for your kitchens and your bathrooms, though. They can also take your outdoor living spaces to another level. Look, I know you love entertaining in the fall, right? Football, you have the gang over, watching the Cajuns or the Tigers or the Cowboys or the Saints. You want your outdoor living space. You want your man cave to look amazing, right? You want it to be the envy of your neighborhood. Well, guess what? My friends over at Lafayette Marble and Granite can take care of you and help transform that space to another level. 
visit their website, lmgelite.com. That's lmgelite.com to learn more about all the sensational services and the great products that they have to offer. Live inventory is updated every single Wednesday. Once again, visit lmgelite.com or simply stop by their showroom located right there on I-49 North across from the Hub City Ford or the Jockey Lot. Once again, Lafayette, Marlboro, and Granite. They're looking to earn your business, and trust me, earn it, they will. Poll question of the day. We've been talking lots, lots of college baseball. So we're asking you today with our poll question, it's about the Cajuns and it's about the Tigers. It's not about the Cowboys because we're about to get to that because McNeese is one win away from punching its ticket to the NCAA Regional. There's no run to be made here. McNeese is already here on the cusp of winning a championship. So they're not making a run. Poll question of the day. Who is most likely to make a run in their conference tournament this weekend? Is it the Raging Cajuns? They begin play this afternoon, 4 o'clock, tentative first pitch time versus arch-rival South Alabama there in Montgomery. Is it the LSU Tigers taking on top-ranked, top-seeded Tennessee tonight in the nightcap, the fourth game of hopefully four there in Hoover at the SEC tournament? Is it neither one of them, or is it both of them? That is our poll question of the day. Who is most likely to make a run in their conference tournament? And right now, 46% of you say LSU. 23% say Raging Cajuns, 19% say both, love the optimism, and 12% say neither, love the pessimism. I just love however you want to express yourself. This is a judgment-free zone here on RP3 and Company. Let's get to some comments. JPK, the OD, neither. Both have a little too much Jekyll and Hyde in them. Steve says, Hope both squads brought extra unis and are streaming the Eagles because it looks like both are in for the long run. I see what you did there with the wordplay, Salty Steve. Hashtag no salt Friday. That is a mantra for our guy Steve. No salt Friday. Hashtag no salt Friday. Ton on Twitter says both have the capability, UL especially with a single elimination format, though that also has the potential to bite them in the tookus. Anytime you can say the word took us, it's a good day. John Paul Cajun Daddy says, both teams have a good chance of making a run. UL needs it more and are, are, are on the uptrend. And LSU ended the season hot with a sweep at Vandy. Yeah. LSU has now put itself in a position that it's going to host an NCAA regional. Cajuns need to win their conference tournament. And that single elimination format may benefit the Cajuns because now you look at it and you only have to win three games. There's no extra games to go through or anything like right. So it's just, hey, straight up, this is our opponent. This is what we need to focus in on. We have to beat South Alabama, our arch rival. Get that win. We move on to the semifinals. We'll take on whoever's there. Like that may help a little get this team a little bit more focused. And they have to been going stir crazy because they haven't played. They haven't played since Saturday. So they're chomping at the bit. They're tired of being in the hotel room. 
And we've seen the Cajuns string together a few games in a row where they looked really good. We've also seen them string together games in a row where they don't look very good. So they're the biggest wild card to me. Could the Cajuns move forward and, and win the conference tournament? Sure. I mean, they came really close last year. Don't forget that. They did come really close last year of doing that. But they're going to have to beat their arch nemesis, South Alabama. Two of the three games earlier this year were decided by a single run in that matchup. Then it's Texas State, the number one seed in the tournament and a team that drugged them in San Marcos and swept them three games to none. So if the Cajuns get to the conference tournament final and then they're going to have to play the likes of probably Coastal Carolina or Georgia Southern on the other side of the bracket, and they win, if they win all three of those games, oh man, that is something to write home about because that is a brutal stretch. An absolute brutal tournament stretch for the Cajuns. But if they rise up and rise to the occasion and and take care of that, that would be something else. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Who's going to make a deeper run this weekend at their conference tournaments? Is it going to be the LSU Tigers over in Hoover? Is it going to be the UL Raging Cajuns in Montgomery? We mentioned the McNeese Cowboys. They don't need to make a run because they're already playing in their championship series. Southland Conference this year, because the conference is in a transitional period with members coming and going, they split up their conference tournament into two different sites. They took a week out of the season to do it, but it's been wildly beneficial. Southeastern, they were the two seed. They hosted their part of the bracket there in Hammond. McNeese, the one seed, your regular season champs, Justin Hill's team, they hosted their bracket. They had the extra day's rest. And boy, they needed it because it was an absolute dramatic dogfight last night there at Joe Miller Ballpark. Peyton Johnson's first at-bat in the Southland Conference Tournament. His first at-bat in the conference tournament. Did not play in the other three games. Peyton Johnson, well... He had himself a night to remember as he delivered a pinch hit sack fly in the 12th inning, lifting the top seeded Mignese Cowboys to a 6 5 win over Southeastern in game one of their best two out of three championship series. The winner gets the automatic berth to an NCAA regional. The victory was the 12th straight for the Southland Conference in the Southland Conference tournament for Mignese. That's a Nice little streak they got going. Matching the 2007 to 2009 Sam Houston teams for the longest streak in league history. Yeah. Longest streak in league history. Just add another feather to the cap of skipper Justin Hill, by the way. The Cowboys scored six runs on 11 hits, led by a three for six showing by Peyton Harden who is your player of the year, despite some Southeastern Louisiana supporters saying otherwise on social media yesterday, calling somebody else the real player of the year in the conference. And they also got two hit performances from Julian Gonzalez and Andrew Gonzalez. It does get a little confusing. You got to make sure to pay attention to the first names because sometimes they also bat back-to-back in the order. 
We're like, oh, which Gonzalez is it? <laughs> uh, Brayden Duhon walked with one out there in the 12th frame and advanced the third on Harden's double to right center field. And you're like, hey, here we go. Let's get it. Then Peyton Johnson was called upon. He'll look to him and said, hey, bud, I need your bat. Need your bat. Come off off the bench cold into the game. It's the 12th inning. Let's go. And, well, he smacked the fly ball to center field, which was enough to score Duhon the winning run. They celebrated. They ran onto the field and celebrated in a big way. Dramatic ending for the Cowboys as they beat Southeastern. And Peyton Johnson, the hero who gets to come off the bench and hit the game winner, spoke afterwards about how did it feel to hit that walk-off. Oh, it's, you know, it's something that you'll never forget. You know, it's, I told somebody early in the year after we uh, hit a couple walk-offs, like, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity that you just never forget. This is what you dream of as a kid and be able to come through like this in a way that, you know, especially this time, big time in the year, you know, it's a priceless thing. That was your hero at the plate, but we got to also give a little love to Cameron Foster. He recorded the win, and he was phenomenal. Four and two-thirds inning of work last night, all scoreless, struck out eight, only allowed one hit. That was really the, the, the change in the game. I mean, Menise's bats got together and look they won it off on a walk-off not to take anything away from Peyton and his moment because it's a great moment but they don't get to that point without Foster absolutely dealing last night once again no runs one hit struck out eight and four and two-thirds work he's recorded 18 strikeouts on strikes in nine and two-third innings of work this postseason I'll say that again. He's recorded 18 strikeouts on strikes in only nine and two-thirds innings of work in this postseason. So, yeah. Starting pitcher Grant Rogers grinded out five and a third inning, allowing four earned runs while striking out three. He did not have his best stuff. It wasn't terrible. It just wasn't his best stuff. Tyler Stone, though, came in for a bases-loaded situation in the sixth and recorded an inning-inning strikeout. Stone recorded all six outs via punch-outs and allowed just the one run. When you have... They have multiple guys, McNeese does. They have multiple guys that can come in and throw heat out of the pin. That gives you a distinct advantage. And, And we've had our friend Jim Gozzolo on the program numerous times throughout the season, and he has told us they have the most pitching depth of anyone in the conference. They have the the most starting pitching, and more, more specifically and more importantly, they have guys that can come out of the pen and give you two, three, four innings of work. When you have that advantage, you you're going to be tough to beat. Because you can throw multiple guys out there. If one of your guys, like they had yesterday, their starting pitching, their starting pitcher had a not a great day on the bump. They had to take him out. 
and the game swung their way because they have that much quality pitching. Do they have three top-line guys? No, but they have a bunch of dogs, and you need that, especially in the postseason as McNeese is able to win it in extra innings, 6-5, to five. and Foster just has been absolutely phenomenal this postseason. Just an- another level, another level for him. And he was asked afterwards last night there at the Joe, uh, did he know that he and his team would be able to get the win? I knew I was going to finish it. I mean, that was that's the first thought. I wanted to close it out. We were able to pull it off. I knew they had it. It was just, it was just a win. I, knew, I always knew they had it. If these guys can get it, they'll come through. So they had the confidence. And now they're one win away. Best two out of three series here for the championship in the Southland Conference. They win game one in dramatic fashion. And then game two is going to be the interesting one for me. Can Meneese not allow themselves to be too high from winning in walk-off fashion? Knowing that they're one win away now from getting back to an NCAA regional for the third straight season. Third straight season. Hill has been there long enough. He knows his team. I have confidence in him being able to do that. Southeastern, for them, while Manise is one win away from punching their ticket yet again and doing so at home in front of the home crowd, there was plenty of folks at the Joe last night. I'll be going tonight to see the game in person. And they can extend their winning streak their record winning streak in Southland Conference tournament play. Southeastern lost to McNeese twice last year in the tournament. They lost all three games this regular season. Now they've lost the first game of this championship series. And they lost so in in, in gut-wrenching fashion, right? They lost in walk-off fashion. Can Southeastern bounce back and be mentally strong today? or tonight, rather, and force a deciding game three. We'll see. But the Cowboys are one win away from getting back to an NCAA regional for the third straight year, or third straight season, rather. we got to take a timeout. More RP3 and company coming up. We'll close out our number one right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Want to see the Astros live in person? Then listen up, my friend. The game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, wants to hook you up with our latest Astros weekend getaway. Houston takes on the Chicago White Sox on Saturday, June 18th, and you can be there. That's right. The Southsiders come to town to take on the Strohs. Simply register in the game clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com to score four tickets. Not one, not two, not three, but four. We're also going to throw in a tour of Minute Maid Ballpark. And we're going to throw in hotel accommodations. That's right. We're going to give you four tickets to see the Strohs take on the Southsiders. A tour of the ballpark and hotel accommodations. You just have to get yourself there. And you know what's great? Having those extra tickets. I know gas prices are high. I know it's hurting your wallet a little bit. Trust me, it hurts mine. Here's the deal. You bring three buddies with you. 
They can all chip in on gas because hotel rooms already taken care of. Boom. Now you got it. Now you can go make your road trip to see the Strohs take on the White Sox there at Minute Maid Ballpark on June 18th. Astro Weekend Getaways are powered by Butcher AC, Lay Meridian, Houston Downtown, and The Game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. But you can only win them by becoming a member of our clubhouse. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. Let's check in on the poll question of the day. Who's more likely to make a run in their conference tournament this weekend? McNeese does not qualify because they are already in the championship series. So there's no run to be made, just to be clear. Is it the Raging Cajuns? Is it the LSU Tigers? Is it neither? Is it both? Right now, 43% of you say the LSU Tigers. 22% say the Raging Cajuns. 19% say both. And 16% say neither. Keep those votes coming. Dougie Fresh has chimed in on the Twitter. Tigers have to win tonight because they don't have pitching to get them through Saturday. And then the NCAA tournament is another matter. Hashtag Mo Money. Yeah, the, the pitching's the issue, right? You just, you know, you're not going to be able to throw Hilliard again. So, Jason says, McNeese, and can the Chains hire Hill already? Woo! Keep those comments coming. Keep those votes coming on our poll question of the day. Hour number one in the books. Hour number two coming up. We'll talk NBA playoffs. We'll talk a little Houston Astros and more. That's coming up. Right here on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Good morning. Welcome back to RP3 and Company 703 on this Friday morning. And we have baseball back. That's right. We got games back yesterday in the conference tournaments. We'll have a slew of action going on today and this evening across the Southeast. And LSU finally got to play a game. They finally got to play a game. They take down Kentucky there at the SEC tournament in a game that started extremely late. Did I stay up and listen to it? Your answer you're looking for is no. Was I already asleep halfway through the game? Yes. Yes, I was. Yes. Yes, I was. But despite not getting the game in until well after midnight, LSU does get their first game of the SEC tournament in. They're in Hoover. The bad weather left in the afternoon a little bit earlier than anticipated. Weather's always kind of unpredictable that way. And they got their three games in. They got three games in. LSU wins last night 11-6 to over the 12-seed Kentucky Wildcats. And now the Tigers' Jay Johnson's team will play yet late night yet again. Going to be playing 
around like 8 9 o'clock tonight. Now, it could be earlier if the two elimination games that will begin SEC tournament play today get done quickly. That would help. But they are going to be the nightcap as LSU is going to take on top-seeded and nationally top-ranked the Tennessee Volunteers in a winner's bracket game tonight. The rest of the action is going to be an elimination game at 9.30 this morning there in Hoover, Arkansas, taking on Florida. That'll be followed by the second elimination game of the day, Vanderbilt versus Kentucky. Then it's going to be Alabama, a surprise team in the winner's bracket, the 11-seeded Crimson Tide, taking on the two-seed Texas A&M Aggies. And then we've already spoke about Tennessee and LSU after that. Now, what that's going to do is, if LSU wins, great. They, if they can find a way to, to put together enough pitching to win, that'll get them to the late game on Saturday night. Because they're behind, they're going to have to play four games on Saturday. Winner of tonight's Tennessee-LSU game will move on and play around 8 o'clock or so on Saturday night. That's your advantage. If LSU loses tonight, well, then they're going to have to turn around and play around midday on Saturday in an elimination game. And then if they win that game, then they would play Tennessee yet again late Saturday night. Does LSU have enough pitching to get them through that? I don't believe they do. But weirder things have happened in a tournament format. Can you piece it together? Maybe. You're not going to be able to throw Hilliard again. You just threw him last night. Or early this morning, rather. So your best pitcher has now, he's done for the tournament. So we'll see what happens with LSU tonight if they can take down Tennessee and survive in advance. For me, the win last night, or early this morning, rather, locked up an NCAA regional for LSU. They're not going to lose anything in the committee's eyes by if they lose tonight to Tennessee. It's just not going to happen. They got to 18 wins in SEC play. I think that locks it up. I think LSU locked themselves up hosting a home regional early this morning. But they want more. You know that. They'd love to have a better regional field. And they'd love to get an SEC tournament championship as well. So we'll see if the Tigers can keep the magic going tonight when they take on Tennessee. That game's going to start between 8 and 9 o'clock. You can listen to it live right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. In the Sun Belt, they took yesterday off. Remember, on Wednesday, they made the decision. The league's coaches, administrators, and the committee for the conference for the tournament opted to say, hey, you know what, we're not going to chance it. We're not going to try to squeeze games in. Let's just go single elimination and be done with it. So over in Montgomery, the Sunbelt Conference Tournament will get back up and running today. Four games on the agenda, and the Raging Cajuns are your third game. They're scheduled to take on arch rival South Alabama at 4 o'clock. They're in Montgomery. If they win that game... They'll play the winner of ULM 
versus Texas State in the semifinals on Saturday. Not optimal. <laughs> Not optimal. But once again, single elimination tournament could help keep these guys really focused. And they've been itching. They haven't been able to play, right? So they're chomping at the bit here. And the Cajuns have shown us flashes throughout the season that they can play with anyone. They've also shown us flashes that they can't. They're still kind of, you know, they've been inconsistent. Can they get it together and put together a run here in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament and win the whole thing? Remember last year, they nearly did. They nearly did. It'll start this afternoon from Montgomery when they take on South Alabama. Their arch nemesis, the old rival, they'll face off at 4 o'clock. Scheduled first pitch, 4 o'clock this afternoon from Montgomery. Staying in the state of Alabama, the Southern Jaguars. Last year, had a Cinderella run in the SWAC tournament, ending in defeating undefeated in SWAC play, Jackson State. In the championship game, Southern hits a two-run blast in the ninth inning to win the ball game and knock off the undefeated regular season champs of the SWAC. And that's how Southern got into an NCAA regional a year ago. This year, this Southern team, not as good. You heard our friend Jared P. Joseph join us from BR Proud yesterday telling us they're not the same team. They're not as deep, right? They're not as, maybe not as talented as they were a season ago. But Southern has a great tradition when it comes to college baseball. Numerous NCAA regional appearances. They've even had a Golden Spikes winner there, Ricky Weeks. And they have a lot of pride. And they won their game yesterday as well. The SWAC tournament had not been impacted as much by the weather as the Sun Belt and the SEC had been because they're playing in Birmingham, which is obviously North Alabama. But they were impacted and had some games delayed. So that said... They had to take a couple days off, and they went got back into action yesterday. And they defeated Jackson State 8-7. to Bit of a dogfight game for the Jaguars. And they move on to take on Florida A&M. And that'll be happening this morning in Birmingham. First bit scheduled for 9-30. So Jaguars still alive. They're trying to make a run in the SWAC tournament. Raging Cajuns, well, they haven't even played a game, so that's why they're still alive. They're going to get started today in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament looking to make a run to punch their ticket to a regional. LSU looks like they've already locked up hosting a regional, but they would love an SEC Tournament Championship over there in Hoover. But right here in southwest Louisiana, we have a team one win away from punching its ticket to an NCAA regional. That's the McNeese Cowboys. Lost some talent from last year's team. Had some early struggles earlier this season. And remember, this is a team that began conference play against Houston Baptists and was swept. And you're like, "Uh uh-oh. What's going on? What's going on with McNeese? 
there is some concern. They lost two of their first three series. I'm sorry. They lost two of three to Houston Baptist to open up conference play. Then they then they were swept by UNO. And they dropped two of their first three series, and you're like, oh, what's going on with Justin Hill's team? But they turned it around, just like they did last year after they lost to Northwestern State on the road and had a bit of a bus incident that sparked them. They turned things around. This year, they've had to deal with some injuries. That's played a role as well, but they turned around. So much so that they won the regular season championship earned themselves the number one seed for the conference tournament, earned being able to host and not leave Lake Charles for the entire conference tournament. They went three for three last weekend, had the extra day's rest. Southeastern, meanwhile, had to play an extra game on Sunday against UNO to get to the championship series. Best two out of three. And we talked about how this was not going to be easy. We talked about how this was going to be an excellent series and that the games were going to be amazing. And last night's game obviously was. 6-5 extra inning victory for the Pokes over the Lions. And now they're one win away from advancing to their third straight NCAA regional. Third straight. In everything that that program's had to overcome the last couple years, think about that. To be in this position to get to a third straight NCAA regional, phenomenal. Now, there's still work to be done. Peyton Johnson got his first at-bat of the conference tournament. He made it count. Pinch hit, sack, fly there in the 12th. But it was multiple people that stepped up yesterday. Duhon. The Southland Conference Player of the Year, Peyton Harden, coming up big as well at the plate. Cameron Foster being an absolute monster. Coming in, in relief, throwing four and two-thirds scoreless innings, striking out eight and allowing just one hit. Once again, I said it earlier on today's show, he's recorded 18 punch-outs on strikes in nine and two-third innings of work this postseason. And their starting pitcher, Grant Rogers did not have a great game. Only lasted five and a third, gave up four earned runs, only struck out three. But they brought in Tyler Stone, who's been really good. He gets him out of the jam. He pitches well in the relief. Then they hand it over to Foster, who was just lights out. These teams will now meet up yet again at the Joe. Joe Miller Ballpark tonight, 6 o'clock, first pitch. I'll be there watching it. The atmosphere should be great. I had reports yesterday, last night, telling me how good it was. It was nice to see that, that the fans coming out. And here's the thing. Can McNeese refocus itself tonight knowing that what's what's at stake is a trip to an NCAA regional. You win in walk-off fashion. Sometimes there's a little bit of a hangover from winning in walk-off fashion. It kind of lingers, and you're not as sharp coming out the next day. Do I think that's going to be an issue for Justin Hill and his team? No, I don't believe so. But that's the big hurdle for them. And knowing that they won a game last night when their starting pitcher was not his best, it's going to give them an immense amount of confidence. 
plus they continue to beat Southeastern. And that leads me to the Lions. You lose in walk-off fashion. That's a punch to the gut. You got to figure out in baseball how to flush that and flush it quickly. Because here's the thing. McNeese beat Southeastern twice in last year's conference tournament. They beat them all three times during the regular season this season. And now they beat them again in the conference tournament. So you haven't beat a team in a couple of years. That starts to kind of starts to starts to live a little bit rent-free up in the brain. So Southeastern's going to have to make sure not to play tight tonight. They're going to have to make sure to not be thinking about the fact that they haven't beat McNeese in a minute and that their season's on the line. That's what's going to go down tonight at the Joe. Could be phenomenal. A phenomenal night in Lake Charles. And how great would that be, just like the softball team winning their regular season championship and then winning their conference tournament and getting to an NCAA regional and having a historic run in an NCAA regional, reaching the championship round for the first time in program history. How amazing would it be that the baseball team follows suit, winning the regular season championship and then winning the conference championship and getting to an NCAA regional? It's a lot to cheer for there for the folks in Lake Charles. Just saying. It's a big deal. Also, can McNeese make it lucky number 13? They've won 12 straight Southland Conference tournament games. 12 straight. That's a new conference record. Can they make it 13 tonight? We'll see. I'll be there. I'll be covering it for the website, and I'll have something on social media video recap. Ooh, look out for that now. I'm excited. It should be a heck of a ball game. It should be a heck of a ball game. So great college baseball action all around us, all across the United States, all across the South. But we got to take a timeout. When we return, we'll put the baseball talk on hold, talk a little NBA playoffs for you. Golden State Warriors, it sure does feel like the dynasty is back up and running. We'll talk about the Dubs punching their ticket to yet another NBA Finals. That's coming up next. And we'll also unveil our trivia question. What? I got two tickets to next weekend's Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids burning a hole in my back pocket. Those tickets are yours. That's right. You're listening right now in your car, your truck, or your SUV on the way to work. Or maybe at home. Or maybe you're just listening to us on the mobile app, which is free to download, by the way, on Android or Apple devices. I got two tickets to next weekend's Downtown Rising featuring Cold War Kids. Trivia question coming up. You answer it correctly. Be the first one to call the game hotline with the correct answer. 337-706-0111. You're going to win those tickets. That's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for Houston Astros baseball in Southwest Louisiana. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. You're home for the Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana.
Uh, today's the day that you're going to sign up for the game clubhouse. Not only is it free to join, but you're going to get the chance to enter to win tremendous free gifts. I said tremendous free gifts. How about a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse? That's right. Mouth-watering steaks cooked to perfection. Exactly how you want them. You want a medium rare? Done. You want a medium well? Done. And they're not going to judge you. I may judge you a little bit, but they're not going to judge you how you want your steak. They just want to give it to you exactly how you want it. Mouth-watering steaks, great sides, desserts, a cigar room, the whole nine yards. $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester's Steakhouse. But you can only score that by becoming a member of our clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's free to do so. It's easy to do so. Just hit the Clubhouse Rewards tab on the website. Let's talk a little NBA playoffs while we have a few minutes here. Golden State Warriors perform the gentleman's sweep, if you will. Defeating the Dallas Mavericks last night, 120-110. to as the Dubs win the series four games to one, and they're off to the NBA Finals yet again. And you thought for a moment that Golden State was probably done making runs, right? Kevin Durant left. Now, they won without Durant, but then he left, and things seemed to be a little unsettled there on the Bay. They left the Oracle. They left Oakland to go to San Francisco where they originally played back in the day. And Steph Curry and Klay Thompson both dealt with severe injuries. Draymond Green appeared that he had lost a step a little bit, right? And it appeared that the pandemic was not kind to Golden State. And injuries started piling up and they just weren't the same team. But credit them. Because they made the adjustment on the fly. Early on, they got Andrew Wiggins. And he has really finally blossomed into a really good player. Now, he gets to play alongside Steph Curry and Draymond Green and Klay Thompson. That helps. But... They've done a nice job of retooling the roster the last couple of years. They almost feels like now that they're back in the NBA Finals for, by the way, the sixth time since 2015. The sixth time since 2015. They went 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, took two years off, and now are back again. And their core is still together. Sixth time in the NBA Finals. Looking for their fourth NBA championship in that stretch as well. But it's just not the Splash Brothers, Steph and Clay. And look, they, they went off last night. Clay went off in particular. Had 32 points. Shot 12 of 25, including making eight three-pointers. So Clay Thompson looks finally healthy and back to his old self. But... They're getting contributions from these other guys that they have that have helped kind of retool the roster the last few seasons to help make Golden State yet one of the better teams in the NBA yet again. I'm talking about Looney being added. I'm talking about Andrew Wiggins being added. Those two guys alone combined for 28 points last night. 
Jordan Poole has been sensational for them. Now that the Splash Brothers are healthy, they've moved Poole to the bench, and he is still coming into games thriving at 16 points last night. They have depth. They have veteran leadership. They have experience. They're looking to win their fourth NBA title since 2015. And I do wonder if Boston is going to be healthy enough to beat Golden State. Boston plays tremendous defense, and I know that series isn't over yet. I get that. I understand. It's not quite over just yet, but it sure does feel like Boston is going to close out Miami and they're going to do so tonight because they lead that series three games to two. It's back in Boston. Celtics have the advantage. They're going to be at home in front of their raucous crowd and the Heat look wounded. The Heat look exhausted. They look tired, man. Kyle Lowry and Jimmy Butler looked banged up. So I feel like Boston's going to advance and move on to face Golden State. Golden State will have at least one extra day of rest on them. And here's the thing. As great as Boston's defense is, and was in particular the last 35 games of the regular season, and through this postseason, they're banged up, man. Smart is not 100%. Al Horford's not 100%. So you get two of your starters that aren't 100%. They've played a lot of games this postseason. They're banged up. They are. They will look to close it out tonight. If they can't, then they're going to have to win game seven in Miami. So, and Boston's never been here. Horford has deep playoff experience. But Tatum and Brown and Smart, the, the the core, the three guys that make up the core of what Boston does, they haven't. Steph, Draymond, and Clay are making their sixth final appearance together. There's something to that. There just is. That usually gives that team a huge advantage because they know how to handle the moment. They know how to handle the pressure situations. They understand what to do in late game scenarios because they've been there and they've done that. Experience matters. That's why I like Golden State. It's not that Boston can't make it a series. Heck, it's not even that Boston couldn't win the series. I would have more faith in the Celtics if they were fully healthy. If they weren't Tired and banged up, I would have a lot more confidence in them. Plus, it feels like Golden State found a switch against Memphis where they kind of played down and let Memphis make a series of it even without John Morant in those games. I think that refocused them, and they've looked lights out against Dallas. And by the way, Mavericks fan, Luka will be back. Guy's a top five player in the league. Dallas has just got to do a better job of building around him now. But Warriors, they punched their ticket to their sixth NBA Finals since 2015. They await the winner of the Boston-Miami series. Celtics can close it out tonight with a win in Game 6 there in Boston. 
We'll see if that happens. We got to take a timeout. When we return here on RP3 and Company, be time to unveil the trivia question this morning for those downtown rising tickets that I have to give away. Downtown rising comes back next weekend. Cold War kids coming back to Lafayette. They tried to be here a couple years ago. Pandemic shut it down. They're back. They're ready to play their tails off for you. Plus, there's another whole day full of festivities and great music. I got two tickets for you to win to go check out the show next Saturday. Trivia question to win those tickets. It's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Do you think RP3 is the only nickname Ray has? Think again. There was Little Vainant. There was Little Foot, Little Bubba. There was LD, which stood for Little Dufo. There was Ray Dog. There was Ray Diggity Dog. There was Fish. There was Fish Face. There was RP3. There was even Ramundo from El Segundo. Back to the host with more nicknames than he knows what to do with. RP3, right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Trivia question this morning. I got two tickets for Downtown Rising next weekend featuring the Cold War kids. Two tickets. But you got to answer this question correctly. First one to do so by calling the game hotline 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111. We'll get two tickets to next week's Downtown Rising featuring Cold War kids. It's an easy question. But you guys have surprised me with these before. The last week, it lasts almost two weeks. Who is the first Saints player to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in Canton, Ohio? Who is the first Saints player to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? If you listen to this show... He's the gentleman, in my opinion, is the best player in Saints history. And no, it's not Drew Brees. I feel he's also probably one of the most important players in Saints franchise history. He's also the first player to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame that wore the black and gold. That's our trivia question. You answer it correctly. First one to do so by calling the game hotline 337-706-0111 will win a pair of tickets to next week's Downtown Rising. But speaking of Hall of Famers, it's time to bring on our first guest today. He was a longtime sports information director for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. He transformed himself into an award-winning, nationally award-winning writer for the Daily Advertiser and other outlets. He now can be heard and seen on the ESPN Plus broadcast for Raging Cajun Athletics. It's the Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer and my good friend, Mr. Dan McDonald, joins us now. Dan, good morning to you, brother. How are you, my friend? It's Guido Merkins. I know it. <laughs> That's a good reference. Oh, way. no. No, wait. I'm sorry. It's Guido Merkins because <laughs> after the update, I have to use my Chris Blair voice. <laughs> nice. Nice. Oh, all right, bud. 
we finally get baseball, right? So the Cajuns and, and finally get to play. Baseball, you wouldn't believe how beautiful it is right now in Montgomery. There, there's a couple of clouds dotting around, but the sun's out and it's almost hot, and that's good because that'll help dry out the field a little more. Although it was probably playable by late yesterday. What did you make of the conferences and the coaches' decision to go ahead and say, you know what, we're not going to chance it, we're not going to play around, we're just going to go to single elimination? Well, I understand it. I'm disappointed by it because you know it's just you know it's not the way you would want to have your championship determined. Uh, and I know it was not unanimous, and I know that the Cajun coaches had reservations about it. But it is what it is, as the saying goes, and it is the way that you can be sure, at least, that you can complete a bracket and name a conference champion. Now, were there other options? You know, if one would have uh, one would have been to try to get in games on Wednesday. You know, the way it, the weather worked out, we might have been able to get in one, maybe even two. Yesterday, I don't think there's any question we could have gotten in a couple and maybe even three. But uh, but that that wasn't the case. And you know, well, there was some discussion about alternate sites, but there's really nothing available. The Alabama State field was not tarped, uh, and the closest thing that has turf, which would have been, you know, which would have been a great option, but the closest thing is Troy, and that's you know better than an hour away, and and their press box has already been torn down for some renovations. So, you know, you were pretty much stuck here at this site, and you know, if you were going to get it in and make sure you could finish it, I mean, the single elimination format was the safe way to go. Safe way to go, and and here we have single elimination, four games today then two games Saturday and championship round on Sunday. For the Cajuns, you know, going single elimination may be a good thing because now they can just focus in, okay, there's no room for error here, right? We we don't have another opportunity to kind of get back into this thing. All hands on deck, let's be super focused, laser focused, as Billy Napier used to say. Do you think this could actually benefit the Cajuns, especially with the level of competition they're going to face on their side of the bracket? You know, possibly. You know, the one thing that the single elimination bracket does that is a a negative is if you run into a really hot pitcher, you're done. You know, all of a sudden you're out after just one game, and it might not necessarily be that season-long number one. It just might be that guy that has it that day. And if you you run into it, you know, it's just bad luck. You know, you're going to see – you know, the teams today are going to see number ones. Uh, that, that's what's going to happen in all four games because it is that do-or-die situation. Nobody can afford to hold back anything. Uh, I, I think the two teams that would have been in the best shape to play the double elimination format might have been the Cajuns and it might have been Coastal Carolina uh, just because of you know pitching depth and they've got probably a few more arms than some of the rest. Uh, Mark Calvi at South Alabama was very blunt. He said, I don't have enough arms. I'm for single elimination. And I'm sure that was the feeling of a lot of the coaches. Um, you know, but can it help? Uh, you know, in a way, it pop- probably could. But there are also, you know, there are a lot of little, little minefields along the way that somebody can easily, you know, put a foot on and suddenly you're on your way home. Now, is that going to hurt Coastal Carolina, uh, Texas State, Georgia Southern, probably not. They're on their way to the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, one of them, maybe even, you know, there's a crazy scenario out there that maybe even two of them host. 
you know, but you know those those guys are on their way. Cajuns are a little bit on the bubble. South Alabama's a lot more on the bubble. Uh, so you know they're they're the ones that are sort of you know have everything to lose here. We're talking with the Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer Dan McDonald. He joins us here in RP3 and Company, talking Raging Cajuns in the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Let's talk about this first matchup because it's against the arch rival. It's against South Alabama, Jaguars, Cajun. That rivalry goes back a long time. For those who are a little bit younger, Dan, and don't truly understand the scope of just how intense this rivalry is on the baseball diamond, can you give us a little insight there? probably the most intense rivalry the Cajuns have in, in conference baseball. Well, not maybe. It, I think it definitely is. These teams have been going at it for a long time. Uh, and, it, and admittedly, it's gotten ugly a couple of times. Not so much in the past few years. Uh, but there are some times, you know, back when uh, Cajuns were, were getting rolling, uh, it has it, it got a little – it got intense. It's always intense when these two teams get together. Uh this year, it's a little bit different. South Alabama, not quite as consistent as they have been. They got a great, uh, you know, they got great, had great starting pitching, but then they've been racked by a couple of injuries. You know, and they're not quite as solid as far as their offensive attack as they have been in the past. Usually, you could look up and down a Jaguar lineup, and you'll see guys that can contribute offensively. That hasn't been anywhere nearly consistently the case this year. A lot like the Cajuns early in the season, the Louisiana was able to shake that off for the most part and and play pretty consistently offensively toward the especially the last half of the season. South Alabama's still very much up and down, but still very dangerous if they get their offense going because they they do have solid up front pitching. Rest of it might be a little bit of a question mark. Let's talk about the matchup because the guy that they didn't think was going to be their ace to start the season ended up being their ace. That's who they're going to throw today. Is that correct, Dan? What can you tell us? Uh, yes, correct. You know, they, they, they've had those pitching question marks as far as injuries. And, again, it's been a consistent thing. Uh, you know, when, when these starting pitchers, I'll include Brandon Talley in that group, when, when they are on, they can be very much on. Uh, it, and it just depends, you know, this, uh, this, uh, you know, is going to induce some ground balls and, uh, as are a couple of the Cajun pitchers, we're playing on natural turf, uh, not a uh, turf, we're playing on natural grass this weekend. And that is one issue that coaches talked about, about, you know, possibly in the future, you know, once this contract runs out, making sure we play on a turf field just to eliminate all those weather problems but uh yeah i think it's uh i think it's going to be a great matchup what's going to be the x factor today when they start playing around four o'clock for the cajuns dan and and i'll i'll go ahead and say this if you're planning on listening at four you know relax because these tournaments will not run on time uh the appalachian state game that was played the last game that was played actually on tuesday night the second play-in game even with an hour 50 delay it took over four hours to play that's what happens when you get into one and done situations teams are doing all they can to to try to stay alive so you know i would be shocked if we started playing at four o'clock or right after four o'clock that you know that being said you know i think that Cajuns need to score early. They've got to get something going early. They, their hitting is sort of contagious. It's a cliche, but but it's true. When the top of the lineup hits, a lot of times the 
the middle and the bottom of the lineup hit. I think they've got to do that. I think they've got to get production out of those top three spots from Marshock and Robertson, Kemple, uh, those guys. And if he, they can get those guys going, I think a whole lot of people gets, get excited and start swinging the bats. If they get past South Alabama, more than likely awaiting them would be Texas State, the regular season champs and the team that swept them during the regular season. So if they get past their arch rival, and that, and that was close during the regular season, the series with South Alabama, the two of the games were decided by one run, then they have to take on Texas State. Uh, do you like their chances taking on the Bobcats, uh, you know, the second time around, so to speak? Yeah, well, it's the, the tough thing is that, yeah, Texas State is, you know, probably a top 10, top 15 ranked team. The good thing is you have them out of their home park. They play so well at home. They, especially they hit so well at home. You know, you get them away from home, you know, things are a little bit different. Um, They've, they've got to have a great pitching performance. Uh, if it is a guy like Jacob Schultz that throws in the second game, got to keep the ball down, got to keep the ball in the ballpark. Ball does fly a little bit here when the weather's conducive to it. He's got to keep it in the ballpark. Uh, and I guess that's the case for, for all the Cajun pitchers, but especially against Texas State. If he can do that and the Cajuns get on a little bit of a roll offensively that they hope starts today, uh, a lot of things can happen. But uh, today, I think, is the key. You've got to get off to a good start. Dan, appreciate your time, brother. You help get our show off to a good start. Enjoy the beautiful weather. Enjoy the baseball games. And hopefully, your time in Montgomery will be uh, extended uh, throughout the weekend, brother. We'll talk to you soon. Take care, RP. Appreciate it. That's Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer the former longtime sports information director for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns and the man that you can hear and see on ESPN Plus broadcasts of Raging Cajun Athletics, our good friend, the one and only Mr. Dan McDonald. we got to take a timeout. We'll wrap up our number two here on RP3 and Company, give you an update on the poll question of the day, and unveil our winner for our trivia question of the day. What? Quickly someone called in with the correct answer. Score two tickets to Downtown Rising. We'll get to that next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Congratulations to Chris Cortez from Lafayette. He is our trivia question winner, our first one today. He got himself a pair of tickets to go see Downtown Rising next weekend featuring Cold War Kids. Two tickets because he answered the trivia question correctly. Who was the first New Orleans Saints player to be inducted into the Pro Football Hall of Fame? The correct answer was, of course, Ricky Jackson. And if I'm doing a Mount Rushmore of New Orleans Saints players, the very first player is Ricky Jackson. Done. And then you go from there. Done. Congratulations for being a winner. But, hey, you know what? I know you're out there listening right now. Killing RP3. I'd love to win some tickets. I didn't get the chance. Not to worry. Because I'm giving away a second pair of tickets to next weekend's Downtown Rising today. What? Coming up next hour. Got more tickets. Another pair to give away. That's right. Giving away two pairs of tickets to Downtown Rising this morning. Going to hook you up. What better way to start off your Memorial Day weekend 
than winning some free stuff. Let's check in on the poll question of the day, shall we? I like to do that. I like to keep you abreast of the situation when it comes to our poll question. It is, who is most likely to make a run in their conference tournament? Once again, McNeese does not qualify because the Cowboys are already one win away from punching their ticket to their third straight NCAA regional with their dramatic win last night over Southeastern. They're already playing in their conference series championship. Cajuns, Tigers, they're trying to get to that point. That's our poll question of the day. Who's most likely to make a run in the conference tournament? 43% of you say LSU. 32% say Raging Cajuns. 14% say both. 11% say neither or neither, depending on how you want to say it. Keep those votes coming on the poll question of the day. Keep leaving your comments on Facebook and Twitter as well. Just make sure you keep it clean for the kids. One hour left here of RP3 and company. What do we got coming up for you? Richard Nunnally will join us from the Acadiana Cane Cutters. They open up their season next week. We're going to hear from Nick Fondo next hour. Cashing tickets. Give you betting lines for NBA, NHL playoffs, a little USFL action as well. Plus, we're going to hear from Dennis Allen, new head coach of the New Orleans Saints. He talked to the media yesterday after voluntary workouts there in Metairie. That's all coming up next hour here on RP3 and Company, our final hour of the day and of the week. Plus, I'll be giving away two more tickets to Downtown Rising. That's all coming up. You're listening to The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros baseball in southwest Louisiana. Live from the Delta Media Studios in Upper Lafayette, here is the producer extraordinaire, Hannah Five Names, and your big, bald, beautiful host, Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. Oh, welcome back to RP3 and Company. Final hour of the day, final hour of the week. It's going to be jam-packed. Richard Nunnally of the Acadiana Cade Cutters will be joining us half an hour from right now. They will start their season next week already. That's right. Summer is here. That'll be coming up in a half an hour from right now. Nick Fonda will be joining us in about 20 minutes from right now for cashing tickets, our weekly sports betting segment. We will also be unveiling our trivia question because I got another pair of downtown rising tickets to give away. Oh, yeah. And the Game Changer of the Week phone call is coming up as well. Lots to get to. Busy, busy action for college baseball. LSU finally gets to play a game at the SEC tournament last night. That game does not end until after midnight. And the Tigers, well, they get the job done. They beat Kentucky. Now they advance. SEC will have to play four games today, four games tomorrow to get their tournament in now. Weather has lifted. It's a beautiful forecast now there in the state of Alabama. 
So they should have no issues there. And now Jay Johnson's team, who picked up win number 18 early this morning, I believe is locked up in NCAA Regional. And they will now take on Tennessee, the top-seeded team in the SEC bracket and the number one overall team in the country. I don't think it matters what happens against Tennessee. I don't think it's going to impact LSU's <clears throat> excuse me, regional standing at whatsoever. I think they're going to host a regional. I just think that's how it's going to work. They got to 18 wins. That's plenty. Now, if they beat Tennessee tonight, uh, obviously it's a done deal. You get to 19, there's no denying it, but I think they're in with 18 wins. Now, here's the scenario. If they win tonight, they will move on through the winner's bracket and play the late game on Saturday. The latest game on Saturday, which will be sometime after 8 o'clock. Tonight's game is going to be between 8 and 9, depending on how the other three games fare. If LSU loses tonight against Tennessee, they'll have to play in the middle of the day tomorrow. And then if they win that game, they would have to play Tennessee a second time later that night. LSU doesn't have the pitching, I think, to go through the loser's bracket route to get there. So tonight's game is critical. Who are they going to throw? Who are they possibly going to use? They're probably going to throw everything in the kitchen sink at Tennessee. So it's going to be all hands on deck more than likely. Because they just don't have the pitching depth to go through the loser's bracket. They know how important tonight's game is for them if they actually want to have a legit chance of winning the SEC tournament. But in the grand scheme of things, does it really matter? I don't believe so because I think they get what they wanted by getting win number 18. Which means they're going to more than likely now host an NCAA regional. Just a short drive from Hoover over in Montgomery. The Sunbelt Conference Tournament will get back in action today they decided to go single elimination they made that decision earlier in the week to ensure that they got their conference tournament in we spoke about it with dan mcdonald last hour the louisiana sports hall of famer some coaches had concerns it wasn't unanimous but here it is single elimination four games today they're in montgomery they're gonna be playing on natural grass and Cajuns are going to be taking on Arch Nemesis, their biggest rival in baseball, South Alabama. Start time roughly around 4, but you heard Dan say, don't expect it to be at 4 o'clock. Probably more like 5. Cajuns, Jaguars. They get after it, man. This is a salty, salty rivalry. Once again, two of the three regular season meetings between these two teams was decided by one run. That's it. Single elimination. South Alabama is going to throw their best pitcher as well. So we'll see if the Cajuns can beat their arch nemesis and then punch their ticket to more than likely play top-seeded Texas State. The Bobcats are your regular season champs, and they swept the Cajuns during the regular season. McNeese, meanwhile, they're on the cusp of punching their ticket to an NCAA regional for a third consecutive season. They win in walk-off fashion last night 
as they top Southeastern 6-5 to five in 12 innings. And they, Justin Hill calls on Peyton Johnson. Hey, Peyton, you hadn't had an at-bat yet during the conference tournament. Come in cold, grab your bat, and uh, win us the game. And that's exactly what he did. Pinch hit, sack, fly in the 12th inning to score the game-winning run as McNeese beats Southeastern 6-5 to five in the best two out of three championship series for the Southland Conference Tournament. Game two will be tonight at the Joe. Six o'clock first pitch. McNeese will have to refocus after winning in dramatic fashion. Walk off time, refocus, know what's at stake. Hey, guess what? We can make our we can get ourselves to an NCAA regional. Let's take care of business tonight, not have to have to play a game on Saturday. Southeastern, meanwhile, will look to snap McNeese's 12 game winning streak in Southland Conference Tournament play. That's a conference record now. And Southeastern lost twice last year in the conference tournament to McNeese. They lost three times during the regular season to McNeese. They lost last night. Can they get over the hurdle of the Cowboys? It's going to be fascinating. It should be a heck of a ball game there over in Lake Charles. But baseball is not the only thing going on right now. You have voluntary workouts going on for NFL franchises. And the Saints are one of them. And you got some new players that are in the mix. Tyron Matthew and others. And some players are not there. They're spending time with their families. Once again, this is voluntary OTAs, right? This is not demanded. It's not part of your contract. If you want to come and work out and get to know the coaching staff and get to know some of your players, you can. But some big names did show up this week down in Metairie. But we also got a chance to listen to new head coach Dennis Allen. Longtime defensive coordinator promoted to become the new head coach of the Saints. And he touched on a slew of different things. And... He also told us, as the head coach, once again, his responsibilities are a little bit different now. As the head coach, he explained to the media what he's looking for during OTAs. Really, we want to get a base understanding of what we're doing offensively, defensively, in the kicking game. You know, it's a little bit of an initial evaluation. We want to understand what the fundamentals and techniques are that we're going to utilize to to do this. and really, more so than anything else, is just you know building some some team chemistry, getting out here and practicing football. Team chemistry is important. New head coach, yes, the team knows him. Yes, the team respects him. He's with the defensive coordinator, but still a different responsibility. You still have to set a different tone. You're learning how to operate and conduct yourself with everyone else on staff, right? So there's some things to work out here, and that's why. These voluntary workouts, these OTAs are so important, especially when you do a regime change, so to speak. And he also talked about that he was absolutely okay with some of the bigger name players not showing up for the voluntary workouts. I've had communication with everybody on our team, and so I'm well aware of who is and isn't here. Uh, We've had that communication. you know, certainly it's a it's a voluntary program, um, and look, would I like everybody to be here? Yeah, I'd like everybody to be here, um, but but everybody has 
their reason why, and I'm comfortable with where we're at. So look, no one's not there when they should be, right? Some of these, some of these guys are probably scheduled off-season vacations with the family, waiting for the kids to get out of school. Others are recovering from maybe off-season procedures, nursing injuries, and whatnot. So there's a lot of different reasons. Once again, this is voluntary OTAs, right? This is this is what this is about. It's voluntary OTAs. He did give us updates on both Jameis Winston and Michael Thomas. This is what he had to say about the projected starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints and his health. Yeah, look, I think he's looked good. I think he's made a lot of progress. You know, we still got a ways to go to get him to get him ready, but we like the progress he's making. We like where he's at, and hopefully that'll continue. Michael Thomas still not quite ready. Could also explain why they, you know, drafted a guy and went out and signed Jarvis Landry just to be sure. But, you know, this is what he had to say. What's the latest with the former all-pro wide receiver? I think he's doing well in his rehab. He's not ready yet, but he's here. He's rehabbing. He's getting himself better, and we're certainly anxious to get him out here. You know, Dennis Allen coached the defense for many years. Well-respected in the locker room with what he does with the defense. And he was asked about the defense, in particular the secondary. The secondary looks absolutely stacked, right? This offseason, they added, of course, the Honey Badger. And they added Marcus May. They lost Marcus Williams and, of course, Malcolm Jenkins retired, but they replaced him with the Honey Badger in May, which is actually an, an improvement they still got pj williams back they still got cd deuce they still got marshawn Lattimore, and they have paulson adebo who was a rookie last year and did fairly well he had some moments where he looked like a rookie but for the most part he exceeded expectations as a rookie especially considering for paulson remember he didn't play the season before because of covid at sanford so he was actually didn't play football for a year so he's kind of shaking off the rust a little bit. And this is what his former defensive coordinator, now his head coach, had to say about the promising young defensive back for the Saints. Look, I think he's, I think he's, I think he's doing really well. You know, he's our type of guy. He's smart. He's tough. He's instinctive. He works extremely hard. And, and I think he has leadership qualities. And so, look, we've been through three OTA practices, so it's probably a little too early to start making a bunch of bold proclamations in terms of where everybody's at, but I like what I've seen to this point. So they, they draft a kid out of Tennessee, Taylor. So you have Lattimore, you have Adebo, you bring back some other guys, you draft the kid out of Tennessee, you still have Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, you bring in Marcus May, you bring in Tyron Matthew, you bring in Sorensen, who's more of a special teamer from Kansas City. So they've kept adding, adding talent to that defensive secondary. But here's a guy that we haven't spoke a lot about. And that's Justin Evans, the former Texas A&M star and Tampa Bay Buccaneer. They signed him in April. And Dennis Allen spoke about what he brings to the table. Justin Evans was a high, high draft choice for a reason. I think he's a, he's a good athlete. He comes from a, a, a great college program. And we just felt like there was a skill set there that would fit with what we do. Now, the, the, the thing we don't know is how does he come back you know, off the injury. And uh, what I've seen so far is I see, a, I see a pretty good mover out here. That could be an under-the-radar move for that team. Look, you can't have enough 
help in the secondary. The way the NFL has evolved in the last 10 to 15 years, you can't have enough DBs. And Dennis knows that as being a former defensive coordinator. So I'm not surprised that they signed multiple guys in the secondary this offseason and they even drafted another guy. Like I'm not surprised at whatsoever. You can't have enough of those guys. You just can't. So OTAs, voluntary workouts are going on now for the Saints. There's buzz already building about this team. Training camp right around the corner. It's going to be interesting to see. And a lot of the national media folks are not even paying attention to the Saints. I see a lot of things coming out about the Saints from national talking heads that talk about the NFL that think that the Saints are going to be a 500 ball club. Which I don't understand because they nearly made the playoffs last year when they had Trevor Simeon and Taysom Hill throwing the football down the field. And no Michael Thomas. They got better. Their roster got better. How we think with the NFC getting weaker, how the Saints aren't going to be a playoff team, I'm not really for sure. Not really for sure. And once again, I'm not a fan. I'm not a Saints fan. I just look at that roster and I go, it's better than it was last year. And last year, they were nearly a playoff team without Michael Thomas and having to play four different quarterbacks. But that's just me. What do I know? I'm just RP3. Host a little show here in Acadiana and Lake Charles. You can listen to our show, by the way. Take us anywhere with you on the free game mobile app for both Android and Apple devices. Simply download it. It's free. You can take us wherever you may go. Don't worry. You're not in the Lake Charles area. You're not going to be in the Acadiana area this weekend. You're going out of town early next week for Memorial Day, and you want to check in on us? Not an issue. Just give us a holler. That's all you got to do. You can give us a holler by calling the game hotline. 337-706-0111. That way you can stay connected with us while listening to us on the mobile app. Boom. I got all types of solutions. Have all types of solutions for you. Just download the free game mobile app. When we come back here on RP3 and Company, we're going to unveil our trivia question, and then we're going to have cashing tickets with our buddy Nick Fondo, semi-pro gambler. You're listening to the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Tired of having your pockets emptied out due to bad sports bets? 20. Hit me. 21. Hit me. 22. Go! Listen up, because it's time to take down some notes and get paid with advice from semi-pro gambler Nick Fontenot. I get so nervous when I gamble. I'm so silly. Here is Cashing Tickets on 103.7 The Game, Acadiana's sports station, simulcast on Stadium 32.3. Oh, time to put a little money in your back pocket this weekend. NBA playoffs, got that some of that action tonight. NHL playoffs, and of course, a little USFL. And it's time for us to give you the tips that you need to make your weekend memorable. With our guy, the semi-pro gambler, Mr. Nick Fondo, joins us here for Cashing Tickets. Nick, how'd you make out last weekend, brother? So I was looking at my history of bets. Like, you can look at 
your last few bets and see how's it been going. I haven't won a bet since Friday. Yeah, like, haven't I haven't won a bet since Friday. That's not I, great. I have, I'm just. I, I noticed that. I noticed that my account was continuing to dwindle down, and I was like, you know, you just you, you place a bet and then you lose it and you move on. And then I just I was like, man, I think I haven't won a bet in a while. So sure enough, I've, I've made like ten or fifteen bets since Friday, and I've lost them all. So that, that's how it's going, right? <laughs> That's how it's going. Oh, that's not great for you, bud. That's not great for you. All right, let's start off. NBA Western Conference Finals is now in the books. Warriors advance to their sixth NBA Finals since 2015. They await the winner of the Miami-Boston series. Game six will be tonight in Boston over in the East. Uh, who do you like for the Eastern Conference? And then give me your thoughts about an NBA Finals matchup. I thought the Celtics were going to win this in five. I, I'm surprised the Heat won another game, but they did, and that, that was another one of those. That kind of started my my spiral downward as far as the as far as bets go. But I, I think the Celtics are the, are the best chance to beat the Warriors, um, and so that's who I want to see win because I don't I don't think the Heat have quite enough. Honestly, I don't think the Celtics have enough either. I think the Warriors are kind of a train right now, and they're they're going right to the championship. But if somebody were to beat them in the finals. I think is the Celtics. So I like the Celtics in this game. They're a nine-point favorite. That seems like a whole lot of points. So this is probably one of those games that I would stay away from. And if I wanted to take the money line at minus four hundred, that's hefty. I mean, that, that's that's a lot. And I wouldn't be surprised if if the Heat won the game at all, right? I mean, it's just been going back and forth. And if the Heat win, it's not going to be a huge surprise. So a nine-point favorite was kind of shocking to see. But what I what I what I've been liking to do on these NBA games is you can do these alternate lines, so you. You kind of you have to kind of dig a little bit deeper on, on the apps and get these alternate lines. But every game has been a blowout. Every game in, in each conference final has been more than ten points. And so you can go down there and get those alternate lines, and you can bet both teams to win by ten. So you can bet the Heat to win by ten. You can bet the Celtics to win by ten. And of course, you're going to be guaranteed to lose one of those. But the juice is so much that you can get them at plus three fifty. So if you bet ten on the Heat. And ten on the Celtics, you'll end up you'll end up netting some money if it if it uh, you know if it ends in, in a game won by more than ten points. So it's just that's the kind of stuff that you can do to get creative whenever these games are kind of like this, and you don't really know who to win. The Celtics are minus nine. You can go you can go down there and get them to win by more than ten points and kind of get creative and, and try to win some money. The Warriors await, and obviously they're going to be the betting favorites because. They're making their six NBA finals since 2015. And, you know, they have all the experience with Clay and Steph and Draymond. Uh, so, obviously, a lot of money is going to be on them. You're, so, how do you bet the finals then, Nick, when, when you have a, one team that's going to be the clear cut betting favorite? How, how do you make money? How do you make some smart money there? Well, you can either you can bet by game if you think the, the Warriors are going are gonna to do it, you know, quickly. Or you can you can go on the other side. I mean, the the money is made in gambling when you, the underdogs win. That's how the that's how the the consumer wins. That's how the player wins when the underdog wins. So if the Celtics were somehow to come out and win this series or come out and win some games, that's how you make your money. I mean, the house wants the favorite to win. That's that's the the one that all the the money's on. And so they keep moving that they keep moving that line, and the, and the underdogs are are going to make the player money. So. When the underdog wins, that's how you win. So if you like, you know, if you don't like the Warriors for whatever reason, and you and you take the Celtics, you'll get plus money. They'll probably be, I don't know what they'll be in the series, but I would say probably a plus two forty to win the series, plus two fifty somewhere around there. So you can drop a little bit of money and, and root for the Celtics. But remember, 
you have to do this for entertainment purposes, right? You have to just you have to take take your funds and, and only do what you can afford to lose because this stuff is just it's so fifty fifty and it can go either way. But if we're if we're just gonna try to, to make a little bit of money and have fun, I wouldn't mind putting a little money on the Celtics and kind of rooting for them for at least four games because I, I think the Warriors are just on their on their way to win and then nobody's gonna stop them. Talking with Nick Fondo here for Cashing Tickets, giving you some advice for your weekend when it comes to sports betting. Let's talk a little NHL playoffs. I don't follow hockey. I know barely anything about it, even though I've been to the uh, Pro Hockey Hall of Fame in Toronto many years ago, Mr. Fondo. I know you follow it and you bet on it. Give us some uh, weekend bets there for the NHL playoffs that are in full steam ahead. Yeah, so the best part about uh, the hockey is that you – you can go all year without without following it, and then when the playoffs hit, it, it just becomes electric. And it's just I'm telling you, the hockey stuff has been has been great. And right now, the, the battle of uh, Alberta between Edmonton and Calgary that ended last night. Edmonton ended up winning that series was phenomenal. It was a four one series, and every single game was phenomenal. So you got to you got to kind of treat it like baseball. The lines are are kind of weird. They have puck lines like minus one and a half and. Those plus one and a half lines, that's a way to make money in hockey because most of the games are going to be, you know, one goal game, similar to baseball. Most of your games are one run games in baseball. Hockey, most of your games are one goal games. So if you can bet those plus one and a half, like tonight, right now, the Blues are plus one and a half on the Avalanche. The minus 170 is a bit steep for plus one and a half, but that's because it's probably going to cash. So when you, if you're looking at like the basketball game ends and you're flipping over to the hockey, Put some money on that plus one and a half, and I think that's the way to win money in hockey. All right, bud, USFL season is in full swing. Let's wrap up our segment with talking a little bit about the Spring Football League. Uh, give me your lines. Give me your thoughts about this weekend's action. So I've been I've been putting money on the on the breakers every week, and it kind of it kind of really hasn't been working out. And and I've been also betting against Tampa, and apparently Tampa's really good. I I didn't know. Who was who was good and it's and bandit ball, bud. It's bandit ball. Money it, kind of going against Tampa and Fort New Orleans, so we're going to try to to switch it up a little bit. Tampa's actually an underdog this week to New Jersey. I'm going to take Tampa on the money line. I you know I hate Tampa. They're my least favorite team in the league, but I'm going to take them on the money line plus one thirty five, and I'm going to go Michigan uh, plus five and a half against New Orleans. So I'm actually going to. It's the opposite Nick Fontenot parlay. I'm going to take the, the Generals and the Panthers in a parlay to win this week, and we'll see how that goes because the other stuff's not working for him. Hey, bud, that Shea Patterson pickup that he did this week could be a game changer for the Breakers. Watch out now. Watch yeah, out. I saw, his pic- I saw his picture on Twitter wearing his little USFL jersey. Go Shea Patterson. <laughs> Brother, appreciate your time as always, man. Enjoy your weekend, my friend. We'll talk to you next week, bud. All right, man. See you. It's Nick Fontenot. For cashing tickets, helping you with your sports betting weekend adventures, if you will. Hey, before we take our time out, our trivia question of the morning. Our second one. I got two tickets for Downtown Rising to give away featuring the Cold War Kids next weekend. Is the return of Downtown Rising. Highly anticipated Cold War Kids. They were supposed to be here a few years ago. That show got canceled because of COVID. Restrictions are lifted getting back to some normalcy. Why not enjoy yourself by seeing some great music there at Downtown Rising next weekend? I got two tickets, but you got to be the first one to answer this trivia question. It's an easy one. It's an easy one. 
We're a Houston Astros affiliate. We're your home for Houston Astros baseball in Southwest Louisiana. This is easy, Astro fan. Which player has the most hits in Houston Astros history? It's easy. Easy. It's easy. He's in Cooperstown. It's easy. Most hits in Houston Astros history. Who is it? If you answer correctly by calling the game hotline 337-706-0111, that's 337-706-0111, you will score a pair of tickets to Downtown Rising next weekend. Once again, our second trivia question of the morning, who has the most hits in Houston Astros history? He is a Pro Baseball Hall of Famer. It's an easy question. Just give us a call. Game hotline 337-706-0111. When we return here on RP3 and Company, we're going to talk Acadiana Cane Cutters. That's right. They will begin their new season next week already. Summer is here. Richard Dunnelly from the organization will be here in studio talking about everything they have going on out there at the ballpark, the promotions, the team, and so much more. That's coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, your home for Houston Astros baseball in southwest Louisiana. We love talking about sports. Yeah. You love listening to sports. Yeah. Sounds like we were meant to be together, or at least friends with benefits. Aren't you glad you found us? Yep. Yep. Back to more of the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Uh, the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. That's because once you become a member of our rewards club, you're going to have the opportunity to win excellent prizes like a $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. That's right, delicious mouth-watering seafood. We want to help you take your lady out for some delicious seafood, but you can only win that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. By joining the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. So go sign up today. It's free to do so in our Rewards Club. Simply go to the website, click on the Rewards Club tab, and you'll have the opportunity to win free stuff like that $50 gift certificate to Half Shell Oyster House. Don't forget to vote on our poll question of the day. Who do you think is going to make a run this weekend at their conference tournaments? Is it going to be the Louisiana Raging Cajuns? Is it going to be the LSU Tigers? Is it going to be both or neither? Let us know. Go vote on it right now. Poll question of the day. Leave your comments on Facebook and Twitter. But right now it's time for us to talk a little Acadiana Cane Cutters baseball. They're going to open up their season on Tuesday. And to talk all about it is the man who's the sales manager for the Acadiana Cane Cutters, Mr. Richard Nunley, joins us here in the studio. Richard, good morning to you, brother. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. I appreciate you being here. Uh, Well, let's talk a little bit about, you know, gearing up for the season. I always find this fascinating, especially for you guys that play there in the Texas uh, Collegiate League, because 
you're depending on college players for your rosters and you're having to kind of put them all together. Some guys are available right now. Some guys aren't available because their teams are playing in conference tournaments or going to be playing in NCAA regionals. So I know it's a very fluid situation. Just to talk a little bit about the preparation for the season from uh, you guys there in the front office. Well, the preparation for the season, uh, as far as the players go, uh, Mr. Richard Chalmers, the owner of the team, he is the catalyst for that. He recruits the players and does the contracts. And we get players from across the state, from uh, LSU, ULM, uh, UNO, UL. And right now, we are, because of the tournaments, as you say, uh, we got to see how far they go in right. college, and depending on that will be who comes in for the 31st to play for the season for us. So uh, it's kind of a wait and see right now so exactly who's going to be there. But we do have some kids coming in from, uh, I say kids, young men coming in from UL, four players from UL that will be playing with us, one from LSU, four nice. from UL. So we got some local flavor here coming this year. Uh, we've got some from ULM. We've got some from UNO. We've got some from Natchitoches coming in. So it's going to be a local flavor. And right. it should be really, really good uh, for, the, for the fans, the kids, and uh, for the players. You know, let, let's talk a little bit about because it's been a rough go for a lot of sporting leagues and sporting events the last couple of years because of the pandemic. Things are starting to get normal now, and uh, you don't have to worry about capacity restrictions or anything like that. So just what's the level of excitement for you guys knowing that, hey, it's going to be full steam ahead, you got the green light, there's not going to be uh, all those restrictions that have been in place the last couple of years. You guys are just going to be able to go out there and put on ball games for the fans. That's correct. Uh, we're really excited about this year because, like you say, the last couple of years because of COVID restrictions, it's been kind of up and down a little bit. But now it's wide open. Right. And if there's any indication by the festivals and Mardi Gras with the people coming out, yeah. people are ready to get out. And we have some really good baseball and really good fun for the stands and the kids. And uh, – there's a lot to do. It's it's like a minor league ball game. We have fun games between the innings. We've got people that sing. We've got the mascot out there. Yeah. Uh, it's it's really a lot of fun. We have a lot of theme nights. Uh, the theme night for Monday, May uh, Tuesday, May the thirty first, is going to be uh, children twelve and under get in for free. Nice. We're going to have DJs playing music. We're going to have jambalaya uh, to feed everybody. We're going to have the three jumpers for the kids to play on. So it's really going to be a, a, a really fun opening day for us, and we're really hoping we get a good crowd. So opening day will be Tuesday. You'll have the fun jumpers. And you guys always do a, a really nice job with making sure, you know, there's stuff to do for the kids. Because even the small ones, they may love baseball, but they tend to kind of drift away, right? You know, us older guys, we'll sit there and watch a whole game right. and, and like it's nobody's business. But – you guys are doing multiple things. Talk about some of the other promotions that you guys already have lined up for this season there for the King Cutters. Well, on June the 4th, we have Military Night uh, lined up for us. Uh, it's going to be sponsored by Friends of Don Landry, and all military personnel get in for free. Uh, we really like doing that to, with the appreciation we have for all the military guys coming in. And uh, we'll have plenty of the of games going on for all the kids, all the military people coming in. Right. So we're expecting a, a, a really good crowd, and we're happy to do this because it's, it's what we believe in, and right. uh, we like to promote our military personnel and the people that fought for our country. We're talking with Richard Dunnelly. He uh, works in the front office for the Kitty and the Cane Cutters. They open up their season at home on Tuesday um, there at the ballpark. Always have a great time. A lot of times we'll take a bunch of players, I mean a, lunch, a bunch of our team members here, 
at the station will come out for a game and whatnot. Um, tell us a little bit about this coaching staff and and who's going to be out there leading these young men during the season in the Texas Collegiate League. Well, we're happy to have Coach Dukes is coming back. Uh, he grew up in Shreveport, Louisiana. Uh, he went to school at Trinity Heights Christian uh, Academy, and he attended Baptin, Baptist Christian College. And uh, where he won two national championships, right? So he's been the, he's going to be the skipper for us coming in. And then we have another man, young man, Adam Todd. He went to UL from 2009 to 2014. He played in the Texas Collegiate League himself, and he'll be here helping us coach. And he was a he played for the Cajuns. He was a DH hitter. Okay. So he's that's going to be his kind of capacity. And then we have a young uh, a man whose name is John Harris, and uh, he was drafted by the Los Angeles. Uh, Angels in 1976. Oh, wow. So, so he comes with a lot, a lot of knowledge and a lot of experience with us, and we're happy to have him on board. And then we have a, a young man by the name of Randy Hux, and uh, he played high school baseball, college baseball, and he's given a lot of private instructions. He coached at Texas A&M Kingsville. He coached at LSU Eunice, where he was part of two national championships. So we really got some quality coaching coming in, and these players uh, will get some good direction. Right. And the biggest difference between us and college baseball is we use wooden bats. So it's a big transition for these guys coming off the college schedule using aluminum bats because when they're batting 350 and hitting 15 home runs and then you come swinging a bat that's wood. It's a whole it's, different experience. It's a whole different ball game, but it's getting them ready to be able to go to the next level and prepare themselves, and that's what these young men try to do. Let's talk a little bit about the league itself. It's it's kind of transformed for years. I, I lived and worked in Alexandria, and we had the Aces up there for, for a very long time. Uh, they, they no longer exist. And so teams kind of come and go, but you guys have kind of remained a, a steady thing. Talk a little bit about the league and the way it's it's shaping up and, and just you know the quality of the teams in, in the league this year. Well, we're part of the Texas Collegiate League is what we are, and we have – Three teams out of Texas coming in. Uh, and then we have two in Louisiana, one in Baton Rouge, and then, of course, the one here in Lafayette, right. the Cane Cutters. And so uh, that's pretty stable right now. We're expecting and hoping next year to bring in a couple more teams into the league that they're working on right now to expand it. Uh, but, but we're happy, and it's going to be good quality competition for us. And so uh, we're looking to have good competition, good, good, good baseball for us, for the fans. Uh, let's talk a little bit about, you know, look, it, it, today there's there's so many different distractions or there's so many different things for entertainment purposes, whether it's with devices or now with things opening back up, music festivals and, and so much more. And uh, so why, why is it such a big deal? Why is it such a good idea for families to come out to Fall Walker Field and, you know, come out and watch some, some minor league baseball? Well, it's, it's because of family tradition here. Uh, it's, it's a very good place for families to bring their children. It's safe. There's a lot of things for the kids to do uh, with the jumpers and games that go on during, uh, between the innings and, and so forth. And so it's really a good atmosphere. It's safe. It's family fun. It's family-oriented, and that's what we try to stress. And uh, everybody really enjoys it when they come out. And we have different – we have like a right field deck 
that they can have a private yep. party, a birthday party. A little party there. deck out there, yeah. A little party deck out yeah. there. And then we also have a beer deck on top of third base this year. Uh, you can come out. So it's a lot of fun for the adults. It's also a lot of fun for the for the kids and also for the players. And the players interact real well with the, with the teams. We have yep. a, uh, a, a a Little League Challenge Night this year where the uh, kids come in that, that are – a little slow, whatever we, we want to say, and they play against our players. And it's really a fun to watch them. Of course, they always win like 35 to nothing and because uh, our players really interact. They right. make errors and they throw the ball all over the place. But it's really fun for the kids, fun for the, uh, for the fans, and, and most importantly for the mothers and daddies of those children. Wrap it up with this. Tell the folks, those who are interested, want to come out, want to see the cane cutters, where they can go to get ticket information and how can they get their tickets and how much those tickets cost. You can go to canecuttersbaseball.com and get all the information that you need to have, or you can call our office and all of those numbers are on that website. Okay. May the 31st, kids under 12 get in free. We're going to have DJs. We're going to have face painting. We're going to have uh, fun jumps. It's all brought to you by Our Lady of Lords Women and Children's Hospital. We thank them for sponsoring this particular night so uh good night to come out start off our opening season good ball game we're playing baton rouge so come on out mr richard appreciate you making the time brother thank you so much best of luck to you guys and your season hopefully you'll have great crowds all summer long and hopefully you guys will be able to get plenty of wins this summer appreciate your time brother thank you for thank being you here. very much appreciate it katie and cane cutters open up their season tuesday night there at fallbacher field Season opener is also going to serve as their home opener. Make sure to check that out. We love going out and uh, checking out the King Cutters throughout the season and talking to their skipper throughout the season as well. Hey, just a reminder, keep voting on that poll question of the day. Do we have a winner yet for our second pair of tickets? I got another pair of tickets. Time is running out. You want to win them. Second pair of tickets It's an easy one. Who has the most hits in Houston Astros baseball history? He's a member of the 3,000 Hit Club. He's in Cooperstown. This is easy. This is easy. You know the answer? Call the hotline, 337-706-0111. That's 337-706-0111 to score a pair of tickets to next weekend's Downtown Rising. You're listening to RP3 and Company. When we return, we'll wrap up today's show. Get you set up for Kevin Foot and Footnotes. It's all coming up next right here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for Houston Astros baseball in southwest Louisiana. Don't go through another summer with that awful joint pain. Call QC Kinetics right now. Hey, it's Raymond Parch III here. That pain in your back, your knees, your shoulder, guess what? It can now be treated with the latest in precision medicine using natural biologics, growth factors that can restore and repair damaged tissue. Really exciting stuff. QC Kinetics is the nation's leader in regenerative medicine, giving you access right here to this modern-day joint pain solution. You can get lasting joint pain relief with no drugs, no steroids, no downtime, and guess what? No surgery. You heard Emmett Smith raving about QC Kinetics. You've read or seen other high-profile people talking about it. Regenerative medicine at QC Kinetics can help you get your life back. Take action right now. Get a free consultation. 
powerful, effective joint pain treatments with natural biologics are here. Call QC Kinetics right now. 337-243-4222. That's 337-243-4222. I want to take a moment to thank all of our guests for helping us wrap up the week and get us set up for the holiday weekend. Dan McDonald, the Louisiana Sports Hall of Famer, talking all things Raging Cajuns and the Sunbelt Conference Tournament from Montgomery. Appreciate his time. Nick Fondo for cashing tickets. NHL, NBA, and USFL bets. Tips to help put money in your back pocket. Appreciate Nick. And of course, we just wrapped up our conversation with Richard Nunnally of the Acadiana Cane Cutters. Once again, the Cane Cutters, who take part in the Texas Collegiate League, will kick off their season on Tuesday night there at Fallbacher Field. So pretty exciting stuff there as well. Appreciate Mr. Richard for his time. Poll question of the day. Final results on that bad boy. Who is most likely to make a run in the conference tournament that's what we asked you is it the raging cajuns or is it the tigers of lsu final results 42 percent of you say lsu 32 percent of you say raging cajuns 15 percent say neither 11 percent of you say both thanks to all who voted on our poll question of the day we also have a winner that's right winner winner chicken dinner for our second trivia question, the correct answer to who has the most hits in Houston Astros baseball history, of course, is Craig Biggio. And Chris from Doosan won tickets to downtown rising to see the Cold War kids next weekend. Don't worry. If you still want to get some tickets, we'll be giving away two pairs to this afternoon on Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. They'll be giving away not one, but two pairs. And under the dome with CD, the world-famous one, Clint Domain, will be giving away a pair of tickets tomorrow as well on his show, live and local, right here from the game studios. But right now, it's time for us to unveil our Game Changer of the Week phone call. Shout out to Chad for rising above the rest. Here is this week's RP3 and Company Game Changer. Let's head out to the hotline. Welcome on Chad to the show. Chad, good morning to you, brother. What's on your mind, my friend? Oh, man, a couple things, man. Uh, good Monday morning, man. It's kind of nasty outside, but it's, uh, it's all right, man. But listen, I think the whole uh, the young team stuff is so overrated. Uh, I think these kids now play year-round. They have 40, 50 games under their belt at the end of the season. They're not, they're not young no more. That's that's just my opinion. That's for LSU, any in, any school, any team, UL, whatever. Uh, I mean, Dylan Cruz and all them were freshmen last year, and they were the best players on the team. Uh as freshmen, I know they're a phenomenon. Uh, he probably should be the first pick of the NBA uh, Major League Baseball draft next year. Uh, but in, also, LSU baseball, I think they already end. Uh, it's all about what, you, what you've done for me lately, and that committee is going to see they swept Vanderbilt uh, in that series. But if they win one more game, I think 100% they're in. Two games, uh, I don't think they have to do that, man. But I think that one game in the Hoover, if they win that one, uh, they definitely have it locked up. If not uh, now, man. But anyway, enjoy your show like always, buddy. Thank you. That was this week's RP3 and Company Game Changer of the Week. Shout out to Chad for setting the tone for the week. Good phone call on Monday. Man, it has been a jam-packed, tremendous, absolutely tremendous week of shows here for us on RP3 and Company. Just a reminder, 
LSU will be taking the field sometime between 8 and 9 o'clock tonight to take on Tennessee. We'll be broadcasting that game live right here on the game. And we'll have you LSU throughout the weekend as long as they keep winning at the SEC tournament. Houston Astros begin that road trip at the Seattle Mariners tonight. We'll have that game for you live on our sister station, News Talk 98.5 FM, the talk of Acadiana. For the producer extraordinaire, Miss Hannah Five Names, I'm Raymond Parts III, better known as RP3. We'll do it all again on Monday. Yeah, we'll be live and local for you on Memorial Day. But until then, be safe out there. Be kind to one another. Kevin Foot and Footnotes is up next right here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station.